Hello and welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday the 29th of October 2022. This is Kevin and your other readers are Jane and Tom and tonight our sound technician is Gary. The editor this week is Kevin. Most of the news items are taken from the Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamsted and Tring Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442 unless stated otherwise. This week's headlines. Police officer jailed for child rape and the council tax rise in bid to save 3.6 million. These and other stories follow. Here is the news. Hello, this is Tom. Police officer jailed for child rape. A police officer from Hertfordshire Constabulary has been jailed after being convicted of multiple child abuse offences and perverting the course of justice. James Ford, 31, who had already been suspended from the force, had pleaded not guilty to 11 counts, which included the rape of a child under 13 and perverting the course of justice by deliberately wiping his mobile phone. Ford, who had been suspended since November last year, originally joined the force in December 2019. The court heard how the charges relate to one victim who cannot be identified and who has been given full support by trained officers. The abuse continued for 21 months and only came to light when the girl told her dad. Ford has been jailed for a total of 18 years and three months and must serve a minimum of two-thirds of his sentence behind bars. He will be placed on the sex offenders register for life. The judge also put a sexual harm prevention order in place, along with a restraining order to, to protect the victim. An investigation into the crimes had been held by specialist officers based with the Child Abuse Investigation and Safeguarding U Unit at Cambridgeshire Constabulary. The matter was also referred to the Independent Office for Police Conduct and the Forces Professional Standards Department. Now the case has been heard, the conduct proceedings will be expedited. Hello, this is Jane. Detective Constable Mark Williamson, who is based within CAISU and is the officer in the case, said, Ford is a despicable character who showed no remorse for his actions and invented ridiculous stories to defend his position. It is a credit to the victim that the jury saw beyond his lies. I hope the sentence gives, us, gives a sense of justice to the victim and their family. Hertfordshire Constabulary's Assistant Chief Constable, Jenna Telfer, added, James Ford has committed the most appalling crime and his sentence today reflects the gravity of them. His behaviour has been cowardly and disgusting and I am glad he will be spending many years in prison where he poses no further risk. Anyone in Hertfordshire who has experienced sexual abuse or sexual violence can contact the Hearts Sexual Assault Referral Centre, SARC, for practical and emotional support. The centre can arrange face-to-face -face support, sexual health referrals and provide forensic medical examinations for those who want them. To contact Hearts SARC, call the 24-7 helpline on... 0808 178 4448 or email hearts.sark at nhs.net or visit www.hearts-sark.org. This service is available to everyone, no matter how long ago the abuse occurred. Okay. Council tax rise. Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamsted and Tring residents could face a council tax rise to help their borough council save £3.6 million over the next four years. The decorum cabinet members met at the Forum Hemel Hempstead on Tuesday, October the 18th, where they discussed a report detailing a high level of uncertainty around how much the council can spend between now and 26-27. The cabinet heard the council would be able to balance its budget for the financial, this current financial year, but that savings are needed to even out revenue and costs in the medium term. 
According to a report by Councillor Graham Elliott, portfolio holder for corporate strategy, the bulk of these savings have been identified by council leaders, including a rise in council tax borough-wide by 1.99%, which amounts to £5 on an average size band D property. But cabinet leaders, cabinet leaders still need to plug an £824,000 hole over the next four years. Before any savings or council tax rises are given a final green light, all councillors will be invited to vote on the plans. Councillor Elliott said the micro and macroeconomic conditions seem to be changing almost daily. We have been a reasonably prudent council and have been able to balance all schemes that are coming through this year. Councillor Elliott added his medium-term financial strategy was designed to future-proof the council as best as possible against the challenges which may emerge during the cost of living crisis. The report detailing the need for savings reads, there continues to be a high level of uncertainty over the medium-term outlook due to the government's short-term funding settlements. Delays in local government funding reforms the post-pandemic period and the potential impacts of the cost of living crisis. It adds, some re redistribution of central government funding as part of the levelling up agenda is anticipated and this is likely to have a negative impact on decorum funding. The baseline funding which decorum receives from the Westminster government stands at around £2 million which the Council expects will continue into 2023-2024, but fall to about £800,000 in 2024-2025. The report notes the authority collects around £110 million in Council tax, but retains £14 million, with the rest sent to other organisations such as Hertfordshire County Council and the Police and Crime Commissioner. It also notes that the government funding model requires the council maximises the revenue it can raise locally each year and will award grant funding based on how well this is achieved. Council administrators believe they must raise council tax by the maximum permissible amount to meet this government threshold. Leader of the opposition, Councillor Ron Tindall, raised concerns around winter fuel prices and cost of living pressures into spring 2023. He asked, how hard up are we to maximise benefits and su support schemes at a time when everyone is under strain? Nigel Halkett, the council's chief financial officer, said a council tax support scheme is open to households which need it and that the agreed tax rise is less than the rate of consumer price index inflation which stood at 10.1% in September. We do put residents front and centre, Mr Halkett said. Council tax will be one of the few bills coming in that does not increase astronomically. Audrey Boy meets MPs in Parliament to call for more support for all deaf children. Eight-year-old Orson Grimer met MPs in Westminster on October the 18th to urge the government to support and fund the life-changing programme which helped him to learn to listen and speak. Orson, who was born severely deaf and his family from Aldbury, joined Auditory Verbal UK in the Houses of Parliament ahead of Loud Shirt Day on October the 21st an International Awareness Day for challenging perceptions of what deaf children can achieve. Orson met more than 20 cross-party MPs, including event sponsors Caroline Noakes and Rosie Duffield, as well as Angela Rayner and Chair of All-Party Parliamentary Group on Deafness, Lillian Greenwood. Orson spoke to them about deaf children having the same opportunities that he had, Orson also talked about Auditory Verbal UK's mission to ensure that every family who wants their deaf child to learn to listen and talk is able to access an Auditory Verbal programme through the NHS and publicly funded services in their area. Orson's mum Avril said, 
We took the decision to support Orson to learn to listen and speak, and with the help of Auditory Verbal UK, it has changed not just Orson's life, but our life as a family. Being deaf is not a learning disability, and all deaf children should be given the opportunity to access the right support for them so they can achieve their potential. Auditory Verbal UK's Chief Executive, Anita Grover, explained that all children have the right to develop language and communication so that they can achieve their potential in life. She said, Early and effective support is vital whether parents wish for their child to use spoken language, sign language, or both. We know that 92% of deaf children who could benefit from auditory verbal therapy are unable to access it. Anita thanked the MPs who met with Orson and the Auditory Verbal UK team and urged them to back the Hear Us Now campaign. Nearly 150 potential slavery victims in Hearts. Almost 150 potential slavery victims were referred to Hertfordshire Constabulary in the, in the last year, figures show, as the Home Office reveals plans to restrict claims to stop alleged abuse of the system. Figures show there has been a rise in the number of referrals for support across the UK and anti-slavery charities are now calling on the government to stop distraction attention from the real criminals ahead of anti-slavery day on Tuesday the 18th of October. It comes after Suella Braverman, while she was Home Secretary, received criticism for attributing the increase in modern slavery victims to migrants gaming the system by claiming asylum in the UK as victims of slavery and reclassifying the crimes as an illegal immigration and asylum issue rather than a safeguarding one. The latest Home Office figures show 141 potential modern slavery cases were referred to Hertfordshire Constabulary for investigation in the year to June, and of them, 62 were aged 17 and under. The total number is up from 128 the year before. Across the UK, modern slavery referrals for suspected victims has risen. There were 14,600 in the year to June, and 5,800 of them were children, up from 11,600 and 5,200 respectively the year before. Potential cases are flagged through the National Referral Mechanism, which allows first responders, including local authorities, charities and certain government departments, to refer them to the police forces for investigation. Revealing plans to crack down on what she says as fraudulent claims for modern asylum under the Modern Slavery Act, Ms Braverman said recently, the truth is that many of them are not modern slaves and their claims are being trafficked to lies. Since the new Home Office was formed, modern slavery has been listed as an illegal immigration and asylum issue overseen by the immigration ministers rather than under the duties of the state safeguarding ministers as before. The action came ahead of an anti-slavery day, which is hosted by a range of anti-slavery charities and organisations, including Hope for Justice, and raises awareness of the 50 million people in slavery around the world. Hope for Justice, said Ms Breverman's classification of modern slavery is high, highly regressive, and the shifting of responsibilities will exacerbate the issue. Meanwhile, anti-slavery charity Unseen said the numbers show there is still a long way to go to eradicate slavery in the UK and called on the government to stop conflating modern slavery and immigration. The government has provided no evidence that asylum seekers are gaming the system and by putting out such spurious claims without facts or context is verging on irresponsibility, CEO Andrew Wallace added. The result is we're treating vulnerable people as criminals when they most need our help and distracting attention from the real criminals behind slavery and trafficking. The Home Office said it is committed to tackling the heinous crime of modern slavery and the national referral mechanism will continue to function in the same way. 
But a spokesman added, it is clear people are abusing our system when they have no right to be here in order to frustrate their removal. Crash causes long delays. A four-vehicle crash on a major road caused long morning delays on Wednesday. Police were called to the southbound A41 between Kings Langley and Hemel Hempstead at around 7am. Four vehicles were reportedly involved and two required recovery, but no one is believed to have been seriously injured. Police closed the road upon arrival, which caused 20-minute delays into Watford throughout the rush hour. The East of England Ambulance Service has confirmed it attended the crash, but said that no one required transport to hospital. At the same time, roadworks in St Albans Road, Watford, and Watford Road in Hemel Hempstead added to long delays between the two towns. The stretch has since reopened and delays have eased. Fire at derelict home of lottery fraudster. A fire at the derelict home of a convicted lottery fraudster and rapist is being treated as arson. Firefighters were called to a house fire in Station Road, Kings Langley, shortly before 2.30pm on Monday. Six fire engines attended in total to put out the blaze, which was in the roof of the detached and disused property. The fire was out by 4.15pm. Police officers were also at the scene after being called by the fire service. A spokesman for Hearts Police confirmed that the fire is believed to have been started deliberately and investigations are ongoing. The house is still thought to be owned by Edward Putman, who is currently in jail after being found guilty of using a forged winning ticket to claim a 2.5 million national lottery jackpot in 2009. Former bricklayer Putman, who is now in his 50s, conspired with lottery insider Giles Nibbs, who worked in Camelot's security department, to present a fake ticket. But the fraud was unravelled in 2015 when Mr Nibbs, 38, committed suicide. He had confessed to friends that he and Putman had conned the lottery. In October 2019, Putman was jailed for nine years for his role in the fraud. He had previously served time for the rape of a 17-year-old girl in 1991, as well as benefit fraud. In January 2022, it was reported that a further six years could be added to Putman's nine-year sentence. This was if Putman did not hand over his assets, valued at just under £940,000, within three months. The Mirror reported last month that Putman had paid back £94,000. The publication added prosecutors are now believed to be preparing legal action to trigger the extended sentence. A Crown Prosecution Service spokesman said at the time, following the imposition of a confiscation order on Edward Putman, we have recovered £94,013.57. He has become liable to pay interest on the outstanding amount, having failed to pay the confiscation order within the period given to him by the court. We are maintaining our efforts to recover the remaining amount. Putman was, listed, was still listed as the owner of the house in Station Road, according to the land registry documents the Mirror reported. Okay, this next article is a real significance for us tonight. It's um, an 11-mile detour due to a road closure, and it affected the start of our recording tonight. So here we go. Unhappy residents face an 11-mile detour for GP, hospital appointments and food shopping due to a week-long closure of Box Lane in Hemel. Box Lane, the business, the busiest B-road in Hertfordshire, is to be closed to traffic for a week from Monday, October the 24th, with diversions via the B4505 to Ashley Green, the A416 towards Berkhampstead, the A41 to Hemel Hempstead, a total of around 11 miles. Des Knowles of Beechwood Park said, this road closure will mean hundreds of residents in Beechwood Park Estate and Copper Beach Estate will need to travel 11 miles for a doctor's appointment, hospital appointments, food shopping, white van deliveries and all access to Hemel Hempstead. It's understood that emergency services will be given access. 
but there has been no clarification about postal deliveries, home deliveries or bus services from Hemel Hempstead, all the services that residents require on a daily basis. Mr Knowles said the same development required a, a road closure some weeks ago, but this was carried out under a traffic management system. He added, it beggars belief as to why such a scheme cannot be operated on this occasion, or indeed why the work cannot be carried out overnight. I am led to believe one issue is the number of heavy goods vehicles using this stretch of road, precluding the use of traffic management systems that, is, that it worked some weeks ago. Hertfordshire County Council said due to the nature of the works and the location, the road needs to be closed for safety construct and to construct a new sewer connection for the new development. We advise motorists following the signed diversion to avoid using unsuitable routes and causing unnecessary disruption. Paintings by David Downs go on show. Landscape artist David Downs is showcasing his collection of paintings at Berkhamsted's Open Door. Until November the 12th, residents can enjoy his collection called Under the Sun, a selection of London and coastal landscapes. David's exhibition at Open Door explores his works of the capital city, contrasting with coast pieces using acrylics, pen and ink. The painter has been commissioned by the BBC, the world-famous Savoy Hotel and ITV to create unique artwork. David, who lives in Manningtree in Essex, was diagnosed with high-functioning autism and is the Vice President of the Autistic Society. His work reflects how he perceives the scenes he paints through the lens of his autism. He explained... My work focuses on the juxtaposition of history and modernity. Graveyards lie next to modern offices. Ageing churches stand in built-up areas and in remote countrysides. David added, I often paint my scenes from an aerial position, imagining the way the landscape would look when viewed from that angle. In this way, my work is a meeting of realism and imagination. I am focused and can capture architecture and landscapes in vivid detail. Manager at Open Door, Berkhamsted, Joan Fisher, said, We are delighted to welcome David's talent and for the people of Berkhamsted to experience his stunning artwork as well as hear what inspires him. Art historian and critic Estelle Lovett, Fellow of the Royal Society of Arts, will hold a talk on October the 25th from 7 to 8.30pm to share her knowledge of the artist who inspires Downs the most. Freemasons donate £30,000 to Pakistan flood victims. More than 1,000 people have died as a result of the floods, with 33 million people affected by the disaster. Thousands of people who have had their lives devastated by the unprecedented floods in Pakistan will be given emergency relief thanks to a grant of £30,000 from Freemasons in Hertfordshire and other provinces across England and Wales. More than a 1,000 people, including hundreds of children, have lost their lives in the disaster. And Freemasonry, through the United Grand Lodge of England and the, Mason and the Masonic Charitable Foundation, is responding in partnership with the British Red Cross and UNICEF to provide emergency relief to the survivors. An estimated 33 million people from three of the country's four provinces have been affected by heavy rains and floods, many of them losing everything. The victims include many of the most vulnerable people of the world, including 400,000 refugees from Afghanistan. In addition to the loss of life and destruction of homes and property, millions have lost their livelihoods. A large part of the country remains underwater, with the loss of billions of pounds worth of crops and the death of more than 700,000 livestock. UNICEF and the British Red Cross will each be receiving £15,000 from the Freemasons for their relief efforts, which could provide clean water, drinking water and emergency food relief for hundreds of households, 
tents to provide basic shelter or mosquito nets to protect flood survivors from malaria and dengue fever. Luke Tredgent, Head of Emergencies at the British Red Cross, said, We are very grateful for this generous grant, which will allow us to provide immediate emergency relief to people who are in desperate need. This unprecedented disaster has devastated vast areas of the country and left millions of people in urgent need of help. Neil Connolly, Head of Hertfordshire Freemasons, said, I am pleased we've been able to help UNICEF and the Red Cross with their relief effort in Pakistan. This is the most terrible situation for millions of people and I'm proud that Freemasons are providing help and support to charities on the ground working with survivors. Berkhamsted, the best place to live in Hertfordshire. Berkhamsted and Tring are among the best places to live in Hertfordshire according to a new guide. The guide has been compiled by digital platform Muddy Stilettos in association with Strutton Parker, which has launched its 2023 Top 250 Best Places to Live. A spokesman for Muddy Stiletto said, This is essential reading whether people are looking to move an area or are just curious to see if where they live has made the cut. The best place to live in 2023 in Hertfordshire included Berkhamsted at the top of the list with Tring coming in at number nine. The guide says of Berkhamsted, this Chi-Chi canal side market town feels like a little bit of London right here in Hertfordshire with its trendy shops and eateries while its rural surroundings and speedy train lines make Berkhamsted a commuter's dream. However, it does warn the catch well, it's not cheap, but compared to London, it's a steal, especially when you throw in the proximity to the Chilterns and the acres of surrounding countryside to explore. Meanwhile, Tring is suggested as an alternative with the guide saying, if you love the idea of Hipbrook Hampstead, but you can't quite stretch to the house prices, allow us to introduce you to Tring. The town is praised for its high street packed with indies, a family-friendly feel and direct access to the Chilterns. Muddy Stilettos, the UK's number one women's lifestyle website outside London, says the guide draws upon its unparalleled local knowledge and insight into the 28 most sought-after counties in England, guiding potential buyers to the local hotspots and up-and-coming areas in 2023. Hero Brown, founder and editor-in-chief of Muddy Stilettos, added, When people decide to move, they're searching for more than just a house. They want a home, a lifestyle that works for them and their family, and if they're strategic, a long-term investment too. Our 2023 Top 250 Best Places to Live guide will give them that extra reassurance they need to make their search easier in these difficult economic times. Council get gold standard in RSPCA Poor Prince Awards. The Coram Borough Council's Environmental Community Protection Animal Welfare Service and housing teams have been recognised for good practice, exceeding basic and statutory service requirements with the aim of achieving higher animal welfare standards. Since 2008, the RSPCA's Poor Prince Awards have been the only scheme recognising good practice from local authorities in relation to animal welfare. The teams excelled in two areas, including stray dogs' footprint and housing footprint. The main aim of the stray dogs' footprint is to set a level of good practice for stray dog provision to ensure dog welfare, provide staff training and re promote responsible dog ownership. The housing footprint recognises housing providers who take positive steps to encourage and ensure responsible pet ownership in the properties they manage and to recognise others that are doing so. It also aims to encourage a considered pets in housing policy that is not simply a knee-jerk response to problems that have arisen through a weak pet policy or tensions created by an antisocial minority. 
Councillor Margaret Griffiths, Decorum Borough Councillor Portfolio Holder for Housing Services said, We are so honoured to have achieved this recognition from the RSPCA Gold Poor Prince Awards Scheme. It's an amazing achievement and reflects the high standard of our animal welfare service. To achieve the gold standard yet again is testament to the dedication of our staff and I congratulate all involved. Councillor Julie Banks, Decorum Borough Council Portfolio Holder for Communities, added, This is a fantastic achievement by our hard-working staff who are committed to achieving high animal welfare standards across the borough. So much hard work goes on behind the scenes to improve animal welfare locally and I'm delighted that they have met this standard yet again. The Council has an animal welfare team who can assist with any concerns relating to neglect or abuse of any animal, including dogs, cats, horses, small household pets, exotics and wildlife. The team can be reached by e emailing animalwelfare at decorum.gov.uk or calling 228455. Ukulele Concert. Berkhamsted Ukulele Random Players are holding a concert in support of a cancer charity. Ukes Against Cancer will take place on Sunday, November the 20th at 7pm in Berkhamsted Civic Centre and will raise cash for Paul Strickland Scanner Centre, which provides life-changing scans to diagnose and monitor cancer and other serious conditions. The money will help make sure patients can benefit from leading-edge scanning equipment and further medical research. Caroline Wren, fundraiser for the centre, said, Last year's Ukes Against Cancer concert was a great success, and we are planning this to be another delightful evening full of uplifting music and cheer. All proceeds raised from the concert will help us to keep giving our local patients with cancer the best care when they need it most. Tickets are £10 or £5 for under-12s from the Paul Strickland Scanner Centre website www.strictlandscanner.org.uk forward slash get dash involved forward slash UKES Store reopens as popular re-loved boutique Rennie Grove Hospice Care has unveiled its latest re-loved boutique after a renovation at its Berkhamsted branch stocking second-hand designer labels and high-end fashion for women men and children the New Look Boutique will be the go-to destination for sustainable fashion this Christmas party season. The shop in Berkhamsted High Street closed on October the 3rd for refurbishment, which included updating shop fittings and fixings. In line with the focus on sustainability, many fittings such as the cast desk and the items of furniture were repurposed. The shop also had a new look thanks to its new grey-green colour palette. The New Look Shop was officially opened by Deborah Gould, Director of Retail and Trading at Rennie Grove. Deborah said this is the second of Rennie Grove's re-loved boutiques and we're delighted to be bringing this concept to Berkhamsted. Shoppers are increasingly choosing to buy second-hand clothes to reduce their environmental impact of their wardrobes. We believe that this shouldn't be restricted to everyday items and our real love boutiques were established out of a passion for bringing second-hand exquisite party pieces and occasional outfits to the high street. The customers of our Berkhamsted shop have been loyal since the store opened in 2018 and were delighted to be unveiling this new look store to give back to our customers for their ongoing support. The Berkhamsted branch is also stocking a variety of new and seasonal goods as well as a full range of charity Christmas cards. To find your local Rennie Grove shop or find out about our opening hours and donations, visit renniegrove.org. Affordable homes for families on housing register completed. 
A ribbon-cutting ceremony was held to mark the opening of 10 new homes for people on a council's housing register. The houses have been built on a former garage site in Coniston Road, Kings Langley, that backs onto fields. The Coram Borough Council says they are a mixture of one and two bedrooms for social rent to applicants on its housing register. Built by developer Bugler Homes, they are described as energy efficient, featuring solar panels, increased insulation above the current requirements and an electric vehicle charging point. Council Mayor Alan Anderson said, along with Deputy Mayor Councillor Alan Johnson, this is a development we are particularly proud of as these are the first new council homes to be built in our King's Langley ward since the early 1980s. Film highlights urgent need for foster carers. Hertfordshire County Council has joined 55 local authorities in England to create a short film to raise awareness of fostering as it revealed that 1,000 children need a foster parent. The three and a half minute video called Childhood shows the impact that neglect can have on children and how siblings may be left caring for each other. The venture is aimed at finding more people who may be interested in becoming foster carers and providing nurturing, positive homes for children and young people who need them. Childhood follows the journey of Sophie and Charlie, whose needs are not met in their difficult home situation, to being nurtured and supported through foster care to go to school and enjoy their hobbies and interests. Hertfordshire County Council's Cabinet Member for Children, Young People and Families, Councillor Fiona Thompson said, There is a huge shortfall in foster carers across the county and I'm extremely proud that Hertfordshire has joined forces with other local authorities to highlight this urgent need. Councillor Thompson said, We are hoping this short film will highlight why foster care is so important and how the determination and dedication of foster carers really do help to change lives. She also explained that anyone who fosters with Hertfordshire County Council receives generous pay and allowances, local support and training. If you are interested in fostering, please contact Hertfordshire's recruitment team on 0800 917 0925 or for more information, visit www.hertfordshire.gov.uk. Okay. Taco Bell opened a brand new restaurant in Hemel Hempstead this week. The Mexican-inspired restaurant was set to open its doors on Tuesday, October the 25th, and there were free tacos for the first 100 customers. Customers will be able to order in advance via the Taco Bell app, website or third-party delivery platforms or use the digital kiosk in-store to take away. To mark the opening, the restaurant gave 100 free tacos to the first 100 customers through the doors at 216 The Marlows. Lucy Dell, head of marketing at Taco Bell UK, said, We're delighted to be able to bring the Taco Bell to Hemel Hempstead. Hertfordshire has been crying out for more Taco Bells and we're very pleased to be able to deliver, creating local jobs despite challenging circumstances. The restaurant will be open from 11am until 11pm, seven days a week. School charity looking for mentors for young people. At the Community Action Decorum Volunteer Centre, we support several different local charities and help them find volunteers. One of the latest charities that we support is MCR Pathways. MCR Pathways are a one-to-one -one school based mentoring charity that supports young people experiencing care and those facing disadvantage to realise their potential through education. Their vision is that every young person gets the same education outcomes, career opportunities and life chances as every other young person. MCR Pathways are currently working in two schools in Decorum and this number is growing. MCR Pathways recruit, train, match and support volunteer mentors 
to inspire disadvantaged young people in secondary schools to achieve fantastic outcomes. MCR Pathways mentors come from every walk of life. Every young person is unique, so they are looking for a diverse range of mentors to be matched. No prior mentoring experience is necessary, just the ability to listen and consistently be there, putting the young person first. Full training and support is given. One hour a week during school hours is all that is needed to change your life. If you are interested in this role or would like to find out more about other volunteering opportunities in the area, get in touch with us by calling 247-209 or emailing volunteering at communityactiondecorum.org.uk. You can also see us at the Volunteer Centre. We are the Round Building outside Poundland in Hemel Hempstead Town Centre. We are open Monday to Friday, 10am to 3pm. A picture is Sheila Elizabeth Barker passed away peacefully in Buckingham Lodge, Aylesbury on Friday the 14th of October 2022, aged 83 years. Funeral service will take place on Wednesday the 9th of November 2022, Beaton Crematorium at 3pm. Family flowers only, please. Donations, if desired, to Alzheimer's Society. Sent care of KY Green. Telephone 01296 482041. That's 01296 482041. Pamela Curtis of Berkhamsted died at St Joseph's Nursing Home on Friday the 14th of October 2022, aged 92 years. Funeral service to take place at Chilton's Crematorium, Hampton Chapel, on Monday the 7th of November at 2pm. All flowers welcome. J. Worley Funeral Directors Limited, telephone, Hemel Hempstead 870-326. May they all rest in peace. Okay, we're now moving to the section where we've got some health and wellbeing and some information items. Do you know about Calibre Audio? Audrey, our secretary this week, received an email introducing Calibre Audio. We contacted them to find out more, and this is what they've told us. Calibre Audio is the only national charity in the UK to provide completely free-for-life audiobook service to anyone who has a disability that makes reading print difficult or impossible. Members can enjoy unlimited borrowing and the option to listen through digital streaming, download or on memory sticks using a free postal service. There are over 14,000 unabridged audiobooks in Calibre's, in Calibre's collection, made up from both commercial and Calibre's own professional recordings. The collection covers 70 categories such as crime and thrillers, history, biography and contemporary fiction. New books are added to the collection every week and there are also opportunities to join their telephone or in-person book groups. To join Calibre Audio, please contact Membership Services on enquiries at calibre, that's C-A-L-I-B-R-E dot org dot UK or telephone 01296 432 339 or visit calibreaudio.org.uk. Decorum libraries listed as warm spaces for residents as temperatures drop. Hertfordshire County Council and Decorum Borough Council have today, October the 27th, launched a new directory of public buildings people can use as warm spaces as temperatures drop. And they are hoping to add more places to the list, with Hertfordshire County Council making £100,000 worth of funding available to local community groups. Grants of up to £2,000 are on offer to help the groups provide welcoming indoor spaces this winter. 
Get your jabs. Diabetes UK is urging everyone with diabetes to book their free flu jab and COVID-19 booster to protect themselves and others this winter. People with diabetes have a higher risk of becoming seriously ill if they develop COVID-19. In addition, flu can be incredibly serious. People living with diabetes are particularly vulnerable to serious complications if they get COVID-19 or flu. Getting COVID-19 or flu can make diabetes harder to manage, causing blood sugar levels to rise dangerously high. You can find out more at www.diabetes.org.uk forward slash flu jab. With COVID-19 cases rising once more, it's incredibly important that people with diabetes stay well and stay out of hospital. That's why, more than ever, it is important that people with diabetes book and take up the offer of both jabs. People with diabetes are likely to be contacted soon to book their vaccinations, or you can visit www.nhs.uk forward slash winter vaccinations. It is safe to have both jabs at the same time if this is offered. If anyone needs advice on how or where to get a flu jab or questions around the COVID-19 booster, please contact the Diabetes UK helpline on 0345 123 2399, Monday to Friday, 9am until 6pm. You can also find more information on diabetes, coronavirus and flu at www.diabetes.org.uk. The impact of how benefit levels rise. Nearly a quarter of working families in Hemel Hempstead are set to lose out if the government increases benefits at the same rate as wages rather than inflation, new analysis shows. On October the 31st, the Chancellor was set out his funding plans, but that has been delayed now. But the new plans were set to include a decision on whether benefits will be increased by the same rate as wages which at the current rate is 5.4%. This would amount to a real terms cut or prices which have soared almost 10% in the year to August. New analysis by the Joseph Rowntree Foundation charity reveals that an estimated 22% of working age families receiving means tested support in Hemel Hempstead 9,630 households will be impacted if benefits were only to rise in line with, with wages, I beg your pardon. The planned increase would also apply to child benefit, which are claimed on behalf of 18,300 children in the area. This makes Hemel Hempstead one of 193 Conservative constituencies where a fifth or more of families are set to lose out if benefits only rise by wages. The same is true of 180 Labour seats and 34 held by the Scottish National Party. A spokesperson for the Department of Work and Pension said the Secretary of State commences her statutory annual review of benefits and state pensions from late October using the most recent prices and earnings indices. We are committed to looking after the most vulnerable which is why we've delivered at least £1,200 support to the families this winter, whilst also saving households an average £1,000 a year through our energy price guarantee. This support is on top of the annual working age benefit bill, which is over £87 billion. Let's talk readers' letters. Firework problems. Already, the idiots have been letting off fireworks to the detriment of pets, pet owners, farmers and their animals, local wildlife, etc., and to the detriment of the planet. Political parties of all persuasions have continually blown their own trumpets about how green they are, no one more so than the London Mayor, but are among the worst, most polluting in the UK, sponsoring yet more highly damaging firework displays, which accelerate more very serious damage to the atmosphere and damaging people's health and futures. It's about time they stood up to be counted 
on the true damage they are doing to the planet and people's health, instead of quoting unrealistic statistics that cannot be backed up. On top of that, money is supposed to be very tight, with all these councils pleading poverty, with some millions of pounds in the debt in red, nearing bankruptcy. But they can still waste public money on the most stupid of things. They all need to learn the basics of maths, like how to count from 1 to 10 again. Then possibly, when they do that and take their head out of cloud cuckoo land, they might be able to do what families have had to do for hundreds of years and manage on what they've got. That letter's from R.P. Beresford via email. Okay. The next letter is headed up pollution. There is mounting evidence of the risk being run by the West Hearts NHS Trust in planning to carry out substantial demolition and construction work right next to the main building at Watford General Hospital. Amid, in, amid increasing concerns over the pollution from building sites and the impact on public health, Imperial College London has undertaken an in-depth long-term study covering this problem at sites across the country. They have found that in the London area, for instance, Building sites are the biggest contributor to large particle PM10 pollution. PM10 pollution can cause health issues and seriously impact those that are already suffering from respiratory or heart conditions. I have long raised my own concerns over the Trust's proposed redevelopment of Watford General Hospital and particularly their plans to build high-rise blocks just a few metres from the Princess Michael of Kent building and the accident and emergency department. The Prince Michael of Kent is the principal block containing most of the wards, treatment rooms and operating theatres. The trust themselves have reported that this building poses significant risk to patients' health care and well-being from contamination and poor environmental conditions. This is due to the dilapidated state with a failing building envelope unserviceable windows and reliance on natural ventilation. With temperatures in wards often rising above 30 degrees in the summer, will the hospital choose to open all the windows they can, risking more contamination or letting patients and staff suffer the heat? My warnings have been pretty much fallen on deaf ears, with the Trust simply responding that the matter will be addressed by the contractor and professional team upon their appointment. There are measures and procedures beyond current statutory requirements that contractors are able to take to reduce pollution from their sites, but the nature of the work proposed for Watford Hospital is such that it cannot be eliminated. The only safe solution would be to carry out, carry out enabling works to prevent contamination entering the Prince Michael of Kent, together with providing a properly controllable and healthy environmental environment to date, no viable solution for doing so has been published by the Trust. It is also just another reason why our next hospital should be built on an alternative clear site where these problems would not arise. That was uh, sent in by Robert Scott, who is a Fellow of the Chartered Institute of Building. Life on Tap with Blaze Tap. Britain goes from hero to zero in a matter of weeks. For as long as I can remember, I've been proud of the fact that I have the words British citizen typed into my passport. Why wouldn't I? After all, this is the nation that gave the world Shakespeare, the Rolling Stones, inventions such as telephones and the worldwide interweb, not to mention the best breakfast known to mankind. Don't get me wrong. I don't have a tattoo of a bulldog on my backside, nor do I holiday exclusively in Skegness. However, I cannot get through the hymn Jerusalem without blubbing like Gaza at Italia 90, and I always proudly stand up for the national anthem, although don't ask me to bellow the second verse without having the words in front of me. I think I've been to enough places to confidently say that this wonderful country of ours boasts some of the most spectacular scenery on the planet, 
and the culture which flows freely through the four nations of the United Kingdom is both rich and diverse. I suppose the patriotic fervour which occasionally overcomes me is largely due to the fact that, as a nation with a landmass similar to that of Romania's or the US state of Oregon, we punch well above our weight, and have done so for centuries. Of course, there have been times when I wished that I wasn't British, or more specifically, English. Usually when a knuckle-dragging hooligan is caught on camera lobbing tables and chairs at a foreign police officer. On such occasions, however, it's easy to quickly distance oneself from people with the brains of a bowl of instant whip, whose only contribution to society is making the rest of us feel slightly superior. There was also that time in June 2016, when there was a referendum about something or other. I, I can't quite remember what. Like many people, I wish I could distance myself from the nation of my birth. Given the utterly shambolic events of the past month or so, it is little more than five weeks since the nation collectively puffed out its chest following the historically majestic funeral of the Queen, an event that simply couldn't have been done half as well by any other country. In the blinking of an eye, the international admiration and goodwill that had been built up as a result of the funeral and the week and a half of mourning that preceded it have disappeared, replaced by a chorus of laughter from overseas onlookers who can barely believe the mess that the country of Attlee, Churchill and Lloyd George has got itself into. Newsreaders across the planet have been basically telling their audiences Look, you think things are screwed up here. Wait until you see what a mess the Brits have got themselves into. Think piece is titled along the lines of What has happened to Britain? Are running along everywhere. Despite the fact that anybody with half a brain could see it was a bad idea, two newly elevated senior politicians enacted a budget so disastrous that almost overnight millions of Brits attempted to become financial experts in an attempt to make head or tail of how the omni-shambles would impact them. After a decade or so of taking low mortgage rates for granted, in the past few weeks many of us have hunted for the shoebox where we kept those important documents so we can find out when our fixed deal runs out. Our most recent Prime Minister is destined to become the answer to a quiz question for the next millennia, and I'm placing money on the phrase to truss up, finding its way into the lexicon before the year is out. Just when we thought things couldn't get much worse, we faced the seemingly real threat of the bloke who in no small part contributed to the mess, coming back as our saviour. The word farce doesn't do it justice. We're now in the sports section. In basketball, riders are knocked over by storm wind. Hemel Storm faced Loughborough riders in the NBL Division 1 in front of a full house on Saturday and after an unusually slow start, managed to produce an accurate shooting display to win the game 105-79. to it was an interesting game with Storm starting slowly but showing the character to come back and produce a dominant performance. There were some good moments, especially in the fourth quarter where Storm scored 34 points, the hosts using the talent of Taylor Johnson to their advantage throughout the encounter. Top scorers, Taylor Johnson, 25 points, Aaron Rain, 22 points, Hakeem Silla, 20 points. Storm now move to a 3-0 record in the league and go to Reading Rockets away on Sunday the 30th. The next Storm game at home is against Manchester Magic on Saturday, November the 5th at Hemel Hempstead Leisure Centre, 7pm. Tickets available on the club website. OK, and now to football news. Hemel Hempstead fell just short against the high-flying Chelmsford at the National League South on Saturday. After just edging the first half against the side 
who had only lost once this season, Hemel Hempstead conceded an early second-half penalty scored by Simeon Jackson that seemed to knock the stuffing out of them. The Clarets missed two or three decent chances before eventually going two up in the 83rd minute when an attempted clearance got deflected into the path of Charles Ruff, who chipped the ball in to ease the home fans' worries. Jordan Greenidge somehow managed to put a great chance over the bar just six yards out with five minutes left before Josh Leyland pulled a goal back in the 90th minute with a header following a corner. Hemel pushed forward as the clock ticked down, but it proved to be in vain as City held on to take all three points. Tudor's boss Mark Jones said, It was fairly decent away performance and a fairly even first half I was reasonably satisfied with. We then reacted poorly to going a goal behind. I think it's because the lads want to do so well that their decision-making and thought processes go out of the window, perhaps due to one or two things being a bit low on one or two being a bit low on confidence. We scored late on and I thought not enough time was added on at the end, but we have to pick ourselves up for the next game. Hemel were then due to travel to Chippenham Town on Tuesday evening after this week's Gazette went to press. Berkmanstead, meanwhile, went to the top of the league on Saturday by winning 2-0 against Hartford Town in front of a good crowd. Midway through a keenly contested first half, Ali Bangura cut in from the left wing and curled a shot past Ronnie Sanford to opening the scoring. Early in the second half, skipper Ryan Kinane doubled the lead, scrambling the ball home for his first goal of the season. Bangura was then tripped and won a penalty which he took himself, but keeper Sanford dived well and tipped it round the post. Kempston Rovers and Ware, the two clubs that started the day above Burko, both lost and conceded four goals each. That allowed the comrades to move to the top of the league standings. And finally, this week in history, October the 26th, 1905, Norway became independent from Sweden. On this day last year, scientists uncovered the precise way a type of antibiotic works to attack bugs, potentially paving the way for new treatments. Okay. October the 29th, 1986, the final section of the M25 around London was opened. On this day last year, Ed Sheeran released his fourth solo studio album, his first as a father and a married man. October the 30th, 1938, Orson Welles' radio ad adaptation of H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds caused panic in the US by convincing many listeners that Martians had already landed. October the 27th, 1971. The Republic of Congo changed its name to the Republic of Zaire. October the 28th, 1971. The House of Commons voted in favour of Britain entering the common market by a majority of 112. On this day last year, a record number of 18-year-olds in the UK from the most disadvantaged backgrounds applied to the most selective universities and courses. On this day last year, photographer Rankin highlighted the impact food waste has on the planet with a new series of pictures showing leftover produce fashioned into the shape of bottles. October the 31st, 1940, the Battle of Britain ended. The RAF lost 915 aircraft, the Luftwaffe 1733. Okay, we're coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are sunrise at 7.46am and sunset at 17.44, giving just 9 hours and 57 minutes of daylight. Don't forget though that the clocks go back at 2am on Sunday so you can enjoy an extra hour's sleep. If you'd like to give us any feedback or have any new stories or know of an event taking place soon that you think would be suitable for our listeners, 
please get in touch by email to secretary at dtnhemmel.org.uk or call and leave a message on telephone number 01442 927 123. For those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemmel.org.uk. If you listen to, if sorry, if you wish to listen on Alexa, say Alexa, open the talking newspaper skill. Alexa will ask you which broadcast you want to listen to. When prompted, reply, play the decorum talking newspaper. This part can be tricky. Alexa doesn't know decorum very well. If it offers the wrong station, just say no and then try again. If you have a Google Home, say, hey Google, talk to talking newspaper. Then play decorum talking newspaper. For those who are listening to this week's news via a memory stick, after the music there's the amenity section and this gives details of various groups and contact information of organisations. Please remove your memory stick carefully from the player and return to us in the pouch provided. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from all the team tonight. <laughs>